This is the Gopher Puck Live podcast, episode number 17, recorded Tuesday, February 21st, 2012. Welcome to the Gopher Puck Live podcast. Along with Hammy, I am your host, Jupiter. Cardinal not able to make the podcast today, so we'll just have to push forward without him. Well, Hammy, the Gophers get swept in Denver. Return home and get two solid victories over Bemidji State, including you know Patterson's seventh shutout of the season. It sounds like a pretty good rebound compared to what happened a few weeks ago. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think... You know, I predicted the Gophers to sweep last week. And, uh, you know, the one thing that I had said at the time is I expected the games, you know, even though if we sweep, I expected the games to be, you know, rather competitive given that Bemidji's played a pretty tough schedule. And, Grand, they only have four road wins all year, but they have a winning record and they've had a tough schedule. And you just figure that a Saratori team's going to play a pretty tough. Uh, but actually, it didn't really. I mean, granted, the scoreboard, it wasn't like the Gophers blew them off the rank necessarily scoreboard wise, but in terms of, the, you know, who was taking the play to who and all that, I mean, the Gophers are pretty, you know, thoroughly taking it to Bemidji most of the weekend. And so, from that standpoint, for me, it was a little bit of a surprise. The, the outcomes weren't necessarily a surprise, but just how the Gophers went about their business, to me, that was a, a big positive. Well, I think, yeah, Bacala played pretty well. You know, he didn't. He didn't really have anything in front of him, and he was making some good saves here and there. I think without him, it would have been the blowout that could have happened. <laughs> well, yeah, certainly. I mean, after you know, the goaltender is obviously going to be a big part of the equation when it comes to the scoreboard. But um, you know, I, you know, maybe it's just uh, you expect those teams that are uh, you know maybe kind of lower division type of teams that uh, even if. Bemidji's had a tough schedule, you know, nonetheless, they're not going to be one of the more talented teams in the league. And you, maybe you sometimes expect that the Gophers, you know, are going to play down to the competition and or something along those lines. Mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm. But that really didn't happen, you know, and I think a lot of it, I think, of course, it's a combination of probably two things. Number one is that, you know, they're coming off of being swept out in, in Denver, and, of course, that's going to leave a bitter taste in your mouth. And the other factor is, hey, you're – you're fighting for a conference title and how many times do you get a chance to do that? You can't say you're going to do that every year. So when you get that opportunity, you know, you better grasp it. So I think that that's kind of the mentality that we saw this last weekend. Well, the defense I thought really stepped up compared to the previous weekend. And, you know, especially Friday night, I noticed they were blocking a lot of shots. I mean, they were going out to block these shots. A couple guys, you know, come up limping. Uh, what is it? Didn't Budish get hit on the hand or something like that? I mean, it seemed like they, it was a, a good team defensive effort you know, to get the shutout for uh, Patterson. And then obviously they only let one goal Saturday night. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think the, I mean, when you're only giving up 13 shots on goal the first night, I mean, that's going to tell you that you've been playing some pretty tight uh, defense. Um, You know, and I, I think that the Gophers with, you know, a handful of, you know, small exception, you know, games here or there, they've had a pretty good team defense this year. You know, one of the better team defenses in the country. And uh, it's not all just Kent Patterson, you know, being a stone wall in that, you know, they've, I think, uh, really started as the season's gone along. They've been much uh, more tight-knit in terms of their uh, defensive play as a group. And, uh, you know, I, there's a lot to look forward to, especially playoff time. you got to, you know, make sure you're tight on your defense. And so, um, Grand, you know, we had some miscues the prior weekend, but I think overall the Gophers have uh, played pretty tough defense as a team. And it's tough to complain when you only give up one goal on the weekend, and it was a power play goal. It was a great shot. So 
all in all, pretty good defensive weekend. Offensively, were you happy? You know, three goals one night, four goals the other night. I thought they looked pretty good. You know, obviously Bacala stopped them in a few places, but how are you on the offense coming back to life? You know, well, you know, it's interesting. It was sort of a tale of two, you know, two nights in terms of two different lines. I mean, the first night was all pretty much the uh, Bukestad line, and the mm-hmm. second night it was pretty much that second line with Halla and Jake Hansen and. and to me, that's a you know we've talked about it numerous times this year. That's where the Gophers are at their best is when they're getting scoring from more than just that top line. And uh, um, you know, granted on Friday it was pretty much just the one line, but to see that second line, you know, that's to me the key for the Gophers moving forward. Is that if they have two lines that are consistent threats like they did early in the year when they were winning, you know, pretty much every game. Um, that's where this team is really tough to beat. And if they can maintain that and get some consistent offense and, you know, get a little bit of a chipped in goal from the third or fourth line here. They're, you know, and with the team defense, like we discussed, um, they've, they're going to have as good a shot as anybody, you know, to do some damage. One thing I really like is that Budish and Howla seem to have elevated their game a bit. I mean, Budish has been kind of down ever since the injury, but I think he's slowly coming back now. He's starting to score. Obviously, Howla was scoring early in the season, but, Kind of went through a drought there for a while. It seems like he's also coming back. What are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, Howell has been so kind of inconsistent. There's He's shown flashes here or there, a game yep. or so, you know, during the year, and you start to say, oh, well, hopefully that's going to, you know, kind of light a fire under him now. And, and it, you know, he doesn't maintain it. So I'm a little bit wary of, of you know, jumping to any conclusions on him. But in terms of uh, Buddhist, you know, I think it's, Definitely, you know, he's the one guy I always felt, you know, he's too much of a pass first kind of a guy in the past. You know, he, um, you know, even back to his Edina days, he was always setting, you know, uh, uh, Everson up and, uh, he, and, you know, now, and even in college, you know, granted he's been injured some too, but, uh, he, he just, to me, passes up shots a little too often. So to see him, you know, shooting the puck a little more, maybe putting the puck in the net. You know, I think that's only going to help that line because that, now they know that they have three guys that they have to play for the shot. It's not just going to be two guys that are going to be looking for the shot. And one thing I also liked is that he was scoring right around the net. You know, he was had his butt in front of the net, and he got the goal. Obviously, the first goal Friday night, a nice deflection, but he was there. Second goal, he was coming in and got a garbage goal, but he was there right in front of that, right where he should be. Well, exactly. I mean, when you're a guy of his, you know, size, you that's where you should be. I mean, you should be working around the corners and the boards and around the net and playing gritty and uh, bloody nose alley, so to speak. And uh, you know, that's that's where he's going to, you know, moving forward in his career, you know, if he wants to have an angel career, that's where he's going to make his money is he's got to use that size and use his uh, strength around the net and around the uh, you know, behind the net to make plays. And uh, if he's going to continue to do that, the Gophers are going to have a lot of success. Well, with that success this weekend, the Gophers did get back into the race when it comes to pairwise. Right now they're tied for eighth with Maine, which is a good spot to be. But, you know, again, I like to tell people this, it's, it's still going to be volatile. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. But, you know, they're playing UNO this weekend, which is definitely a team under consideration and a team that's fighting for a playoff spot since they're at 22 or 23. Um, so it, I don't want people to panic. You know, if they lose the game this weekend, they're going to go down. But they're going to be playing higher competition. So hopefully people realize that and don't, you know, 
do a little chicken little if they lose a game this weekend or something like that. The rankings are going to be volatile. Well, I mean, we've been saying that for a month. I mean, I, I, I you know, it's all over the place. That. I mean, it's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, and I, especially me, with their, you know, their record against you know non-conference opponents, it's really hurting them right now. So they they really got to play well in the WCHA to kind of make up for that. Well, right, and uh, I, I get. You know, sometimes I get a little frustrated after losses. I, I, I tend to avoid GPL a little bit because I, I know that all I'm going to see is a lot of, you know, people like, ah, oh, this team is over and this is that and what, you know, and people just going off the deep end after one game. And, and uh, you know, I mean, they're all, they're all the same as far as importance. They're all going to mean something in the end. But uh, just because you lose one or two here or there, it doesn't mean necessarily when you've got games ahead of you that it's going to be the end of the world. I mean, I'd certainly would rather be in our shoes right now than a lot of other teams. And, uh, you know, even if it is volatile, certainly I'd rather be in our position where – you're kind of in pretty good shape, and uh, they've got a relatively good schedule ahead of them, and I think that uh, it's going to be positive. Well, the Gophers did get an injury. What was that, Saturday night? Uh, Marshall, some kind of injury went out. You know, I was there. I didn't see it happen. Um, and that kind of leads a question from GopherRubeBD4 on Twitter. Any inside knowledge of Marshall's injury? Well, I don't, you know, I don't think he's going to play, but it's just not something that really gets out there, is it? Yeah, I don't know the specifics, but I was told by a very informed individual earlier today that Marshall won't be playing this weekend. Um, I don't know who will be playing in his spot, but uh, you, I've heard that uh, there's a good chance Marshall would be back for the uh, for the Wisconsin series. Okay. So, um, you know, I can't. I like I said, I don't know what the exact injury is, but it doesn't sound like it's too severe. It's just one of those kind of, you know, you're dinged up and may not be able to, you know, play that specific next weekend. So, Well, that kind of leads into another question from email and that we got via email from Frozen Four Champs. He goes, with, with Marshall out week to week, which D-man do you see man playing more, Thompson or Student? I, uh, I think it drops off with these two. Um, do you think Lucia may just rotate five defensemen and just kind of get the sixth guy in there sparingly? Uh, I don't. I think that they'll have – you know, that's just never been their MO. I mean, mm-hmm. even earlier in the season, they haven't really, you know, just shortened the bench, you know, especially with defensemen. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I just think that uh, they'll just plug one of those other guys in, you know, for Marshall for the series and and see what happens. My personal preference would probably be student for this weekend simply because UNO tends to be more of a skating game. Uh, you know, they're, they're not, you know, it's – I doubt it's going to be one of those kind of real rough and tumble types of series. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some of that, but you know, I, I think on the whole, it'll probably be more of a skill um, based kind of a series. And I think that, you know, you want some mobility out there and certainly I think student would provide more of that than Blake Thompson. And plus, you know, Thompson's been, you know, a little bit of a penalty prone in the games that he has been in. So you kind of want to stay out of the box as we saw this last weekend. Uh, You can lead to a lot of success. Definitely. Definitely. So, who knows what's going to happen? I'm guessing you're right. I think it will. They will play student, and uh, I mean, do you agree with that? I mean, I, I think they will be. I mean, I, I think Thompson Thompson just got himself in the doghouse too much, and uh, unless necessary, that they, they probably won't play him. 
Well, I think the other factor is even though student, you know, I mean, he's played a little bit more college. He's a little old, you know, older in that sense and, you know, more experienced. And I think that I would rather go with that on the road. Um, you know, not that Thompson couldn't be effective, you know, this weekend if he does happen to play, but I just think that my personal preference would be uh, to, you know, add somebody that's got some mobility, kind of similar to, you know, Marshall's game. Uh, Miles asked through email, basically, you know, he knows that Marshall's going to be out, but he wonders if you should maybe change up the defensive pairs this weekend, or should we just plug student in? Uh, I'm of the belief you keep things as is as much as you can yeah. when it comes to at least defense. You know, I think that it's just too important, the communication factor when you're out on the ice and, and when you have that kind of comfort zone with, you know, a, a defensive partner out there, you don't want to mess with that too much. So my personal belief would be that they'd be better off just kind of plugging somebody in and and keeping the other two pairings as is. So all in all, it was a pretty good weekend for the Gophers. Instead of uh, Duluth being one point back, they're now two points back, and Denver is uh, now four points back in the standing. So in theory... If things were to go well this weekend, they could win the McNaughton this weekend. Not saying it's going to happen, but if the way the points shake out, it's a it's a possibility. So that's something to think about. Yeah, it'd be great, but I yeah, I think I'd like to see him win it at home. But I mean, yeah. in well, theory, you know, you could maybe CC if CC all CC needs to do is get a win or two up in Duluth, and obviously, you know, you got North Dakota playing Denver. That may be all it takes. Yeah, I mean, I don't suspect it's going to work out quite that way this weekend. I, you know, I come on, I'm being positive here. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I, I've been saying, I said before this last series that um, my projection, my prediction is the Gophers go five and one in their last three series, and I've always kind of earmarked the this upcoming series as being the one loss and a split on the road because you know you, you have to figure that. Um, you know, Wisconsin will probably be pesky, and I'm sure that, you know, if they if they have a chance to kind of ruin the Gophers' chances for the McNaughton, you know, certainly they'll be jacked up for that series. Yep. But given their road record this year, you know, you have to like the Gophers' chances at home against Wisconsin. So I figure that, to me, the, the key is going to be this weekend and at a minimum getting two points out of the weekend. I would agree with that. Well, this past weekend, like I said, we had some interesting results. We had Denver and Wisconsin splitting. Thank you, Wisconsin. That's probably the last thank you you'll get, at least this year. What did you think about that series? Obviously, it was, you know, what happened? I mean, Wisconsin, terrible Friday night, and they won the Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting that, uh, you know, they didn't I, – I didn't really catch any of the – either of the games, but from what I could tell, you know, it just seemed like uh, – you know, Wisconsin pretty much took it to them that second game. I mean, I know that, uh, you know, they, it was kind of even early on, but then, uh, you know, they kind of took over as the uh, game went along, and, you know, you have to give them some credit there. And I don't know, uh, you know, what uh, Denver's been a real kind of schizophrenic team this year, and uh, granted some of it was injury-related, but, uh, you know, it was a, certainly um, – I thought after Friday's game when they, you know, got – shut out at home I was like wow Wisconsin's pretty much just mailed it in for the year and I thought that that would be a sure sweep for Denver and so you know I suppose maybe it being uh, I don't know if Wisconsin's on the road their final two series they might be I think they are yeah because they're at Bemidji this weekend so it was senior night for them on 
you know, on Saturday. So maybe that added a little bit of the wanting to leave on a good note kind of situation. So maybe that's probably what inspired them. Well, one interesting note or result from this past weekend was Anchorage splitting with St. Cloud in St. Cloud. Um, you know, I had talked about in previous, you know, last week that this was a chance for St. Cloud to get up there, you know, get on the brink of getting home ice. And apparently they just weren't that excited to do that. Yeah, I mean, I obviously that was a series that on paper you're like, well, you know, that's definitely a sweep for St. Cloud. And certainly when, you know, they – they of course they had a week off, but I mean they their last series before that was sweeping on the road in Wisconsin, which you would think would be a tougher series to sweep than mm-hmm. you know than Anchorage at home. So you just kind of figured, but you know, I, judging from the, uh, I, you know, I saw a little bit of the, I think I, you know, I saw a little bit of that, you know, that series, and I certainly remember it being, uh, you know, that first game I should say, um, you know, I. I didn't really think like that was going to end up being the result. And uh, just St. Cloud looked very sloppy. And, you know, judging from Motsko's, you know, comments after, uh, he wasn't too happy. And so, you know, St. Cloud sounds like they don't, you know, I've read a few comments that Motsko says they don't practice real well at times and, and all that. And you just kind of say to yourself, you know, why, you know, if you're kind of on the brink of home ice, that's really where you have to dial it in. So it's a little bit of a surprising result. Yeah, they're going to need help to get up, you know, back up there now. Um, you know, 23 points, you know, North Dakota is on that sixth spot right now with 27. Actually, they're tied with CC, so we, they need to pick it up. I mean, that was their chance, and they kind of I think they kind of blew it there. Um, yeah, Brian, look back on that game and rue the, uh, the chance. Yeah, I sure. think you're right. Well, Duluth went down to Mankato, and thanks to a last or second game late comeback Mankato gets the one point on the weekend score two goals back to back what about 10 seconds apart late in the third period just to, to get the tie thank you Mankato what do you think of that I mean we, we kind of thought this could be tricky for for uh for Duluth and uh turned out to be a little bit tricky yeah you know I was I'm not gonna lie I was extremely surprised on Saturday because I was you know flicking it around a little bit on different games and uh you know, they were, you know, I saw Duluth up 4-2 with, I think it was like three, some minutes left. And I think Mankato was at the power, you know, on the power play at the time. And I'm like, you know, well, even if they, they might get a goal here, but, mm-hmm. you know, they're not going to do anything. So I quite frankly changed the station, you know, and then <laughs> a few minutes later, I think I saw something on Twitter that it was tied. I'm like, you know, holy, you know what, you know, they tied it and, I watched some of the overtime, you know, and but I was very surprised, and I certainly, yeah, from a Gopher standpoint, you're like, well, that even if it's just one point, it's certainly a little bit of additional breathing room that you you say to yourself, well, you know, thanks a lot, Mankato. So every little bit helps this time yep. of year. Every point matters. Uh, Michigan Tech gets uh, one point at UND. Yeah, I mean. I I didn't see any of that series at all. I'm not, you know, I kind of thought that uh, uh, North Dakota would probably sweep that series, but I knew that uh, Tech was going to be pesky. I mean, yeah, at this point in the year, you just have to chalk up that whoever's going to be playing Tech is going to have to bring their, you know, lunch pail because it's not going to be an easy game. And uh, I think that they showed that up in Grand Forks, certainly that on that Saturday night, even if it was an ugly game from all the reports that I've read, you know, nonetheless, that's kind of how you know, sometimes you kind of have to stay competitive on the road, especially if you're a team that's not loaded with talent. You kind of have to do it in an uglier fashion. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, especially considering North Dakota's played, you know, much better in, in the last, you know, few months, you kind of have to give, you know, Tech some credit for uh, playing a good second game. And it's going to be tough for them to get to that sixth spot, but uh, I think they've had a good season. I think it's a good step in the right direction for that program. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens next year, you know, see if they can continue to improve. That's about all I have to say. I mean, it just it's it's well, good to see that they're they're getting back. Well, and the other thing is that you know it, it, they're timing it relatively well with regard to all the conference changes because um, you know if they play their cards right, they'll certainly be one of the teams that you know that could be you know at or near the top of the the new WCHA um, at that you know if they keep on this kind of you know, path. So you kind of have to give them credit and hopefully that uh, they'll be able to maintain it and maybe get some of the life back in their program that they once had many, you know, a few decades ago. It would be nice if that could happen. Finally, we've got UNO going to CC and getting a split. Obviously Friday night, I saw part of the ending of that game on TV. It looks like they had a goal taken away that could have tied it. And, but they did come back, you know, Saturday night and beat CC. What are your thoughts on that series? Yeah, I saw the highlight of that disallowed goal, and now, you know, quite frankly, it looked like they got screwed a little bit on that one. I thought it was a little bit of a bad call, um, you know. And then the, the next night, I, I believe what they were down, I think three to one or something along those lines, and they kind of, yeah, they came storming back and scored four straight goals. And the, you know, that, that's, I mean, we'll talk about it in a bit, but I mean, that's kind of typically what we've seen out of UNO this year. I mean, you Jekyll just and Hyde. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't know what you're going to get. Some games they look real good some games they don't if there's a problem one game maybe it's guys are playing on discipline and the offense isn't good or maybe the next game it's goaltending or what you know it just they're very hard to figure and it's kind of odd to see a blaze team that's you know that inconsistent because you know when people think of dean blaze they think of a guy that's you know gonna have his team ready to play and you know and, and clearly you know, I don't know if it's strictly been the goaltending issues or what, but they haven't, you know, shown that this year. So well, it'll, it's, it's kind of interesting. Well, let's move on to this week since there's not much really going on in the world. Um, St. Cloud visiting Tech. Interesting. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, they're one point away from each other in the standings, I guess. You know, they'll see who gets to play either North Dakota or CC, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I, honestly, when I look at the series, I mean, I just feel that Tech is probably going to, you know, I don't know what to think of St. Cloud. I mean, after, you know, I thought, well, maybe they're back on track and, you know, getting a little healthier and whatever. But then, of course, they lose that game to Anchorage, and then suddenly you're, like, wondering. Of course, they blew Anchorage out the next night, but it sounded like even then they were a little bit, you know, sloppy. And if you're giving up three goals to a Tech team, you know, that's pretty offensively challenged, I mean – you know, something doesn't seem like it's necessarily on track there, and I would have to think that Tech's going to be, you know, coming out with three or four points in the series. I, normally I would call it a split, but I just think that the way Tech, you know, has their nose to the grindstone in games and the way that they play at generally at home, I, I just think that they're probably going to come out on top. All right. CC visits Duluth. Go CC. Yeah, that'll be an interesting series. I mean – CC is another team that's just really been, you know, maybe it's the story of the league this year, but it just seems like with the, with the few exceptions, you know, that there's been a lot of up and down inconsistency. And uh, 
CC has been one of those teams where, quite frankly, they've underachieved, I think. And, uh, you know, they're sitting down in a pairwise down at, uh, what is it, uh, close to 2019. And, uh, you know, they've got to kind of got to get their act together. And, you know, certainly Duluth is going to be a tough place for them to do it. Um, I don't know what uh, um, Brown, JT Brown's status is. I think he was back in practice today, but I yep, don't know. he was practicing you know, today. Yeah, I don't know if that's – sign that he's for sure playing or not or whatever but you know certainly that'll help Duluth's chances and uh I would my gut feeling is that CC will do enough to come out with a win in one of the games I think that you know certainly Duluth hasn't played as well you know in the last month or so as they obviously had been for that long stretch and I just think that CC you know they've got enough goaltending and they threaten enough with some of their offense that uh they might be able to pull a game out here. And uh, maybe that's a little bit of the gopher, hopeful, homerism, whatever, <laughs> talking. But I just have that kind of a feeling. Yeah, I don't know. I Duluth, they play well at home. CC's Jekyll and Hyde. I, I'm i thinking Duluth's going to get get the sweep there, and it's going to go down to the last weekend for the McNaughton. Yeah, I mean, I, the way that I've looked at it is I just feel like Duluth's going to drop a game at one of these – last four games i think the gophers will probably drop one game and and one of these last four and i so my i've been projecting for a while i just think the gophers are going to end up with 40 points to me that's sort of the magic number and uh if they can you know get that accomplished if they can win three of their next four you know i feel pretty good that they're going to end up with uh winning the league title knock on wood then we've got Wisconsin heading to Bemidji State with my dog barking in the background. He just wants to get involved. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, what can you say? I, I think that Wisconsin's, you know, I think their road record pretty much speaks for itself. And, you know, Bemidji, we saw them this last weekend. They're not an overly skilled team, but they're a lot different team at home than they are on the road, certainly. And, uh Boy, it's hard not to say Bemidji sweep of Wisconsin, which is kind of you know. I would agree with that. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's very difficult because you just say you know there's no way that Wisconsin should be like this, but that's the way it is. They're and, terrible and just, on the road, and Bemidji is really good at home. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know if we're just going to go based on you know what we've seen this year. You know, instead of just gut feel, you, I mean, you kind of have to say, I mean, granted, Bemidji's not that far ahead in the standings, but they've had a pretty rough schedule, and, you know, at home they're pretty solid, and Wisconsin's been terrible on the road. So, yeah, you can see kind of have to go Bemidji with the sweep. I won't be shocked if I see Wisconsin getting a tie or a win, but I just would go with Bemidji sweeping right now. Well, right now Wisconsin's tied with uh, Minnesota State with 18 points. But obviously, Mankato's got uh, two games in hand, so they, Wisconsin still needs to win here sometime, or one of them do. Otherwise, they're going to end up in eleventh place. Yeah, not good. Definitely not good. Well, it's Wait, good. expect you kind of expect Mankato to be down there, but you don't really ever envision Wisconsin being that did, low. Did you so. pick? I thought you picked them to finish either ninth or tenth. Did you? No, Wisconsin. Oh. I thought it was. I, I don't you know, know what? exactly. I where think I it was Jess them. Myers who did. I picked them. Yeah, I know somebody picked them. Real yeah, I remember low. Jess They're, Myers picking them like ninth or tenth or something like that from uh, inside college hockey. And yeah, because I remember some Wisconsin fans were you know like happen. no way you know that can't <laughs> that's just a joke and whatever and 
you know, unfortunately for them, it's kind of ended up being true. I think I picked Wisconsin around seventh or eighth. Okay. I, I don't recall for sure. Okay. Now we've got a pretty big series, uh, North Dakota heading to Denver. It's always, this has become a really good rivalry. Yeah. I mean, I, I, if you polled North Dakota fans, I'm, my guess is that they would probably say outside of the Gophers, this is the series, you know, this is the program that they like the least because of all the things, lot, you know. A lot of hate. <laughs> yeah, a lot of things that have happened in recent you know, years in the series, uh, you know, Robbie Bina and, you know, all that other kind of stuff and and uh, Malone. And, you know, there's just a, been a lot of stuff that's gone on between the two teams with injuries and whatever. And I certainly uh, – you know, it's going to be a very interesting series. I I really don't know. You know, normally I would probably say uh, North Dakota is you know going to get swept. I mean, I think some people would probably be like, oh no, you know. But I'm not saying that here. I think that you know Denver's been too kind of unpredictable. They've been better certainly recently, and they're healthier. Um, but you know, at some point, and you know, yet to wonder, will the altitude come into effect? You know, North Dakota's got a short bench. You know, they've got a full lineup, but certainly, it's you know, if they if they get dinged up at all, you know, they're going to have to shorten the bench, and uh, it's, you start to wonder if that's going to play a role. Um, you know, and Denver's certainly, I think, a little bit uh, more potent offensively, and so you kind of have to think that that's going to be in their favor in this series. I think it'll probably be a little bit of an open you know, skating type of series, physical certainly, but it'll be open. And I think guys like Zucker will probably be the difference. You know, I, I think I just have a lot more faith in Denver's top line than I do with North Dakota's. I think it's going to be a split. I want it to yeah. be a split. I mean, that's, that's, it would, it's good for us, you know, if Denver can at least, you know, lose another game or two, because I think uh, Denver is the biggest threat to prevent Minnesota from winning the McNaughton. I mean, Minnesota at least has the tiebreaker over Duluth. They don't have that with Denver. And right now, you know, they've got that four-point difference. If we can at least get through the weekend, it'd be minimum four. I would feel better about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that I think Denver's going to sweep, but I, I I just tend to think that uh, when it comes to this series, I sort of expect them to, to be the uh, coming out at the better end of it. But uh, – you know, North Dakota certainly has been, you know, pesky, and certainly with all the adversity they've faced this year, you can't rule anything out with them. But uh, I think split is probably the most likely result, but, uh, you know, we'll have to see how it goes. And finally, we move on to the Gophers taking on Nebraska-Omaha. Both games on FSN this weekend. Uh, the Friday game will be on FSN+, Plus, so good luck finding it. Omaha leads the overall series two to one. I mean, obviously they swept Minnesota last year, and the only other meeting before that was back in two thousand three. Let's get your thoughts, Hammy. Jekyll and Hyde team, another one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, uh, you know, the series is really going to come down to I think the goaltending aspect, and and you know who's mm-hmm. playing. You know, the team defense. I think that where the Gophers have a distinct advantage is you know the team defense and and the goaltending play. Um, you know, UNO has been all over the map when it comes to goalies. And, and, you know, I've seen games this year. I mean, it's like guys getting pulled. I mean, even in recent, in the last month, they've had this guy get pulled for this guy. And, you know, after like two shots and what, you know, I mean, it's just That's like, kind of Blaze's deal, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, I mean, it's like that can't exactly – and I always felt this about Blaze back in the days when he was at North Dakota. You know, to me, goaltenders are – 
a different breed, you know, when it comes to their mentality and, and you can't, you know, I think do too much of that stuff because it, I think it inevitably ends up backfiring on you. And I think like, you know, you kind of have to, at some point just say, all right, I'm going to take my shot with this guy. And, and I think that they are starting to do that. It's, it looks like, but, uh, you know, I think that that's going to be the big key. And, you know, when Patterson's on, you know, hopefully this last weekend against Bemidji, granted he didn't face a lot of shots, but, uh, you know, hopefully it's a good sign that he's going to be kind of back on track because he certainly didn't, he kind of had an off weekend against Denver. And uh, if he plays well and if the Gophers play the kind of team defense that they did um, this past weekend, I certainly think that we'll see at least a Gophers, you know, getting a split out of the series. And, um, you know, I think it'll be, you know, a good, I think it'll be a good series. I, I'm expecting you know, a pretty quality play, and uh, but I, I think the Gophers will come out of there with a couple points. Uh, North Dakota fan and blogger Goon says, Gopher fans, prepare for the neutral zone zap, uh, trap against UNO. They well, did, yeah. they, apparently they did it all weekend when they were in Grand Forks, so prepare for it. Yeah, well, I mean, I kind of think that – but I mean, I think it's one thing when you're – you know, when you're a road team, maybe you try to play it a little bit more conservatively at times because of, you know, maybe the game style or whatever it might be. I have a feeling that it's going to be a little bit more open skating than that with uh, this weekend. I mean, I'm not saying that they won't ever do any of that kind of stuff that he's mentioning, but um, I, I just have this feeling that it's going to be a little bit more of an open game than maybe, uh, you know, he's thinking. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, they certainly have a relatively good offense they have some good players you know white broadhurst you know those kinds of guys are you know got a lot of skill so they're certainly got some guys that can put the puck in the net and obviously we know that we have some very good skill guys and um you know it'll be interesting to see how the matchups go you know them having the last change and you know how they're going to try to match up against our big line and whether or not our you know our, like we talked about our second line if they can rise to the occasion and maybe do some damage just because of the matchups that uh, the other team tries to do with our top line so we'll see how it goes one thing i think it's going to be interesting to see is how many gopher fans show up for this series uh from what i've heard there are a lot of gopher fans heading down there for this weekend so i expect to them to be very vocal yeah i mean I, if i remember correctly I, there was a pretty when we were down there. What was it in two thousand three? Yep. You know, I, I remember that there was a pretty solid Gopher contingent mm-hmm. in the house, so to speak, and, and you know, at the, in that game and that series um, down there. So you know, I think that that's certainly they have a pretty. Uh, well, I don't know what the what's the capacity. It's pretty big there, it's so there's pretty a, large, and they don't fill it. So getting tickets is pretty easy. Nice little yeah, six-hour so road trip. Yeah, I suspect it's uh, going to have a pretty decent uh, gopher contingent there. And I know, you know, I went down there to uh, see U2 in concert back in, what was it, 2005 or whatever mm-hmm. it was. And, you know, it's a nice uh, nice arena and certainly it's a, you know, it's a decent town and everything. So I think that people would have a good time down there. And, and I think that, uh, you know, it'll be, certainly we won't have as many gopher fans as, UNO fans there, but I think that there'll be enough there that, uh, you know, we've seen in other road series where you can kind of hear the Gopher fans pretty loudly, especially, you know, like in a Mankato or whatever. And uh, St. Cloud this year was pretty loud. Definitely. Yeah, St. Cloud too. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that, you know, there'd probably be some, you know, I'm sure that the guys will be a little bit inspired by to see the fans on the road with them. So hopefully that'll bring some good things. I may make the trip next year, not going this year, but I'm pretty sure, you know, on this rotating schedule, that it'll be a home and 
home with uh, UNO next year. So I think I might try to make that trip, at least before they leave the conference. And it's, it's the one thing I will say is that that the drive down there is freaking brutal. I mean, <laughs> it's just I mean I you know I had the unfortunate uh, experience of driving back north when there was a snowstorm going through Iowa, and of course you know Iowa is just plain flat, so it's basically a blizzard anytime it freaking snows there. That may and, be the uh, case this weekend too. Yeah, I mean it was there was cars in the ditches and whatever. I'm like Jesus, I would never want to live down here ever. I mean. <laughs> I don't care if it's a little warmer at times. I would rather not live here. And so the the drive is definitely, you know, kind of brutal. But, uh, you know, I'm sure people, once they get down there, will have a good time. Definitely, definitely. Hammy, what's going on in recruiting news? Anything going on? Obviously, we've got the tournaments coming up, so a lot of players will be watched. But uh, what's going on? You know, not there hasn't been a heck of a lot that I've I mean I haven't heard too much lately. Uh, you know, the, some of the things going on. I you know the USA team will be having their uh, tryouts next month uh, for the um, under seventeen team for next year. And I know that uh, um, you know there's going to be of course there's always Minnesota kids involved, and I've already heard a, a few names. Uh, you know, names that I've already been probably tossed around. So yeah. it's not like it's anything earth shattering, but. Um, so there's that, and you know, I saw that Grand Rapids got knocked out of uh, high school tonight, you know, in state. So I'm assuming that uh, Jake Bischoff will be playing in the uh, USHL for Omaha here, maybe even this weekend. I don't know what their plans are, but uh, you know, now that they're out of it, he has nothing to stick around, you know, Rapids for. So I'm sure he'll be playing you know, USHL games pretty soon. And now, how doesn't that mess up their schooling? You know, I mean, that's from- got to be tough. I mean. You know, he's way up in Grand Rapids and going down to Omaha. And, you know, how do they work that out with schooling? You know, I don't know. I mean, I suppose it's just no different than, you know, when you're going off for, you know, college teams, you know, whether it's like a college basketball or whatever. I mean, you just kind of make arrangements ahead of time to, you know, what you're going to miss and all those things. We're kind of in the middle part of the school year. So that's got to mess things up somewhere. Well, you know, when you're talking about star athletes, I'm sure that, uh, you know, the, the high school <laughs> teachers are certainly willing to, you know, make uh, make it a little easier on them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure it's not easy as far as the travel goes. And, um, you know, I know some guys, it depends on where you play. There, there might be an opportunity to, you know, catch a plane. You know, it just really depends on where you're going to okay. and stuff like that. So I've always kind yeah, of wondered how that worked out. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of times they just hop in the you know car with one of their parents and you know drive down there like on you know maybe the Thursday after school or you know maybe even Friday morning you know to catch the week you know the weekend games or whatever and then of course they're back by you know usually by Sunday night unless there's a Sunday night game so or, so yeah I mean they're just trying to get their ten games and so that team owns their rights for the next year. Okay. Okay. Uh, we've got uh, an email from Matt in St. Paul. He's actually got two questions. Um, number one, are the incoming D recruits considered to be the next Leopold, Martin, Ballard, Galagoski, etc.? This team is lacking that go-to All-American defenseman, and I think they need—I think they need one to win another national championship. Well, I mean. Any All-Americans you know, out there or potential? Well, you know, I don't think it's fair to compare them to, uh, you know, guys that – I mean, there's there always that potential, certainly. I mean, if you look at um, Brady Shea, I mean, he's, you know, projected to be a first-round draft pick this year. I mean, he's kind of had his uh, 
you know, his stock has been rising and he's been playing well. And, you know, he's not overly offensively gifted. I mean, he's, you know, pretty solid, but, you know, he's a very good, good size, 6'3". I don't even know what, you know, if he's like 200 or what he is exactly. So he's got good size. He can really skate well. Um, so, you know, there's certainly that potential there with him um, to, you know, be a really good player in the college level. You know, how long he'll stick around college, of course, is always a big question key question as well i mean is it going to be two three years who knows you know it depends on the the team that has his rights so that that's of course a big question to be answered and certainly uh you know if you look at mike riley i mean he's already been drafted mm-hmm. he's having a great year up in uh penticton um if he hadn't been dinged <laughs> i think up, they're all having a great year up there <laughs> well right you know of course they are but i mean he's you know i, I think i saw uh, you know online uh, i think it was on twitter this week i don't know if it was the Penticton's radio guy or what it was on his feed they were talking about uh you know who the fans are voting as the most exciting you know player in the BCHL and uh, Mike Riley is the you know was the top guy you know so obviously they really appreciate his talents up there and if he hadn't you know been dinged up for a little bit he would uh would have beaten that uh, the kid that whose name slips my mind you know at DU he had a really great year at Penticton last year I think it was um, he would have beat his scoring, you know, he, so he's on pace for like 80 some points and he's a really talented kid. He could be the guy that, you know, you, you, you know, you look to, uh, he's a little bit, been a little undersized. And so, you know, he might be sticking around a little longer simply because of that reason, you know, he has to mature physically. Yeah. Um, and he could be, you know, that all American type, you know, I guess we'll have to see how it pans out, but, uh, the way he's playing offensively and he's certainly, uh, not afraid to jump into the play and, you know, he can make an impact at both ends of the ice. And that's that kind of guy that, you know, you look to, to be that all American type. So I guess we'll have to see how it works. I'm, I'm liking the future of the gopher defense. You know, as long as we can keep everybody, you know, here this year, it's looking really good next year. Well, exactly. I mean, I, that's the thing that I've been saying for most of the, you know, the season. I mean, is some of these that, guys that are starting now might not be starting next year. Well, and I was kind of ripping on, you know, one of them last week that I wouldn't uh, be totally upsetting for me. If, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I mean, You're they're, such they're a hall be, hater, aren't you? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not, but yeah, I just get frustrated by that. But, you know, for me, yeah, I mean, there's a distinct chance that, you know, a couple of the guys that are in the lineup consistently right now might not be there, you know, next year. I mean, I don't know if we'll lose anybody to the pros or not. I mean, that's pretty questionable. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a distinct op- – I mean, when you got a guy who's coming in who's, you know, a potential first-round pick and you got another guy who's lighting the world on fire up in, a, you know, in a junior league and who's already been drafted, you know, you can't count your chickens. So I'm sure there's going to be, you know, some guys working real hard in the offseason to try to maintain their spot. And obviously that's not going to hurt matters for the gopher defense next year. If there's competition is always a good thing. The other question from Matt and St. Paul, how good can the 2013 class be? It looks like the Gophers hit home runs on a lot of guys. I think Taylor Camarada, I think that's how you pronounce his name, mm-hmm. can be the next Nathan Gerby. Reminds me a lot of him. Well, absolutely. I mean, yeah, to me, when we were looking last summer at, you know, what the potential recruiting could be, for me, he was the number one guy that I felt like we had to have because, you know, he, he's one of those guys that because of his size, he's more than likely going to be, you know, at least a three-year player um, because, you know, he's only probably around five, six, and I don't think he's going to really be growing that much, you know, more. So he's not going to be that prototypical NHL size type of guy. Um, so that's going to obviously 
probably hold down his draft stock a bit as well. And, you know, teams are going to be less willing to sign him to, you know, real early because of that factor. Um, and so, yeah, and he's been great, you know, for being only a 16 year old kid. I mean, he's hasn't even turned 17 yet. He doesn't turn 17 till May. And, and, uh, you know, he's one of the, I think he's in the top 10 in scoring in the USHL. And that's pretty amazing for a kid, you know, at that age to be doing that well. And he's been a scorer wherever he's gone. He's just got that kind of, you know, the skills as well as, you know, that kind of just great mind for the game and, and just knows how to, you know, what to do with the puck. And, you know, he's certainly one of those guys that could be a dramatic, you know, impact type of a player for the Gophers. And he's, just, you know, for me, one of, the, one of the more exciting recruits the Gophers have had in a while. The future is looking bright. Definitely. Yes. yes. That class is looking very good. And, you know, there's a lot to be happy about, um, you know, moving forward in that. You know, I think that uh, there's some good up-and-coming players, too, that they'll have their eyes on. And, you know, I'd, I'd like to see them kind of add a little bit of size and, and maturity. You know, hopefully I know that they looked at a few older USHL guys. I know they backed off of one because of some, uh, you know, off-the-ice stuff. But, I, you know, I think that they're kind of looking to kind of even things out with some size and, and some physicality moving forward as well. Anything else? Any other thoughts on this week or recruiting or anything? Uh, you know, not too much. I'm just looking, you know, it'll be nice to see that, you know, hopefully by the end of the weekend, we'll have a real clear picture of, you know, pretty much everything. And I think, uh, at a minimum, my, my hope for the weekend is the Gophers will come out of the, the weekend with, you know, the same point lead that they have coming into it. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that Duluth's going to lose two games, certainly. So I don't expect exactly. that we're going to be, I don't expect that we're going to be gaining any ground. But uh, at a minimum, I would like to see that, you know, we maintain what we've got right now. Definitely not the time to fall on their face like they did at Denver a few weeks ago. They need to keep the pedal to the floor. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's nice to know that, you know, in a way, this is one of those series where you're kind of glad that you know that the opposing coach is, you know, a very good one and he's going to have his team ready to play because, you know, that's going to motivate your team because you know that you can't take – it lightly because those guys are not going to be taking it lightly on the other side. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week's podcast. Remember, you can always follow Hammy's work on Twitter at Hammy Hockey. Hopefully, Ryan Cardinal will be back next week. I'm not really sure yet, but uh, I'm also not sure if he's on the radio this week. You know, obviously, PA is uh, at the combine, so we'll have to see what happens there. But I'll tweet out if he's going to be on the radio. We'll be back next week to review the Nebraska-Omaha series and preview the final regular season series against the Badgers. Thanks for listening in, and we'll see you next week.